Hello and welcome to This Contains Garlic. You're here with your host, Georgia Garlic and... Mark Garlic. And we are back a couple of weeks later. <laughs> I just can't, I just... Better late is... than never. Better late than never. Life yeah. has just been a bit all over the place at the moment. Why has it been behind, all over the place? Why do you always put me on the spot with that? Because there's got loads of shit Because there's a lot on. of stuff that we need to talk about in terms of what we're doing behind the scenes that we should be expressing ourselves about. Okay, well, why don't you express yourself instead of asking me then? Well, I'm just asking you to verbalise because sometimes you are more eloquent with your <laughs> explanations. Because you can't spell words. That's the reason why you want me to speak them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right, well... Lots is going on behind the scenes, and I think this has always been a quite repeat nature in our podcast, in just on navigating life in general, um, especially as, I guess, a business that's been running for quite a while, but with ha- has had multiple changes mm. to it, um, mm. and mm. I think it's one of those things where it's good to refine things. But sometimes you just have to like step away from certain elements of the business in order for you to then just like, I guess, put your foot on the gas pedal on when, I don't know, well, long story short, we are developing an academy. Mm. Um, Preach. Mark, you don't need to sound like you're a Jesus preacher, honestly. Like, preach, do you know what I mean? Or God. Preacher, though, come on. Um, (laughs) I want you to sell it to me. Honestly, fuck off, because I feel like an airhead today. I just said to Mark before this podcast, I feel like a Love Island contestant in their first interview. I just feel like I've got no substance in my brain. Um, I don't know what it is. I think I just overcooked myself this week a little bit. Um, But we are, we're designing an academy. We want to have, I think when we used to have the Arrow Club running, like as a, like a location, the Arrow Club was obviously a gym. Um, it was quite easy to form like a sense of a community mm. of some degree of like mm. like-minded individuals. And I, I think, you know, so many people see us and it's really weird because we never view ourselves like this, but yet so many people view us completely differently. Like we're quite, I guess you could say what lucky or has it come from hard work or we produce good things, but we obviously have quite a large following in everything that we do. And I think people always think that when you've got a large following that like, you find things very easy to navigate because you just got like tens of thousands of people Mm -hmm. there waiting. And the reality is, is that it's not actually the truth. You know, you still got to cement certain values for your business and certain values for yourself in order for other people to see those values. And we found it like really hard, like navigating from being gym owners Mm -hmm. and being like, you know, our days used to be run by like back to back clients, private clients and, you know, online really did make up like a very, very small percentage mm. of what our business is. And, and now it's the complete opposite. And it's normal for, I think, most people, like we might be tech savvy in a way because of maybe our age or like how we've been brought up or what we know. But there's also been a huge amount of hard work and learning in the process. And today we are actually going to talk about, <laughs> well, I guess it's quite a vague but also interesting debating topic, which Mm. is why do we always think that things need to be easy? And I think this comes in a number of different factors of your life. Do you not agree, Mark? Yeah, I definitely agree with that assumption or narrative that is very prevalent, especially within the fitness industry, where 
everyone assumes that the process is going to, you know, go along swimmingly or that it needs to be, you know, super, super easy, plain sailing in a completely linear fashion of progression and so on and so forth, which um, sets people up for uh, warped expectations, especially when it comes to, you know, managing your training, I'll managing be honest, your it nutrition. I'll sets yourself up for failure, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, like, it does. I think we get we get numerous comments via social media which is like oh this doesn't look easy or why is this not easier or things like that and i just think are you fucking lazy do you know i mean like that's literally like i think, I, I, I think there's an element you know. of like why why do we why do we like that might come across quite abrupt but i've done this job and you've done this job long enough and i've mm. worked with thousands of people all in different backgrounds all in different cultures are like we have this conversation quite frequently of how many different types of people we have actually worked with to be able to be in this position to be able to have this opinion. But, you know, just because you see something that somebody else is doing or you might want to strive for or whatever, doesn't mean it ever first came easy to them either. Mm. And you've got to remember that most of the things you see on a day-to-day, like, I guess day-to-day life in general is made to look easier because if it wasn't easy or didn't think that it wouldn't be sellable it wouldn't be enticing it wouldn't come across like it was a logical next step and I think when people go into their health for example Mm. or maybe it's even just exercise or like I don't know like nutritional elements of certain things like there is going to be times where you're challenged. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like just the same as you would in a job. Like what we just spoke about. Mm. Like we're we have been mentally challenged massively trying to learn the whole digital world and how it runs currently and always being up to date. Like four months ago, do you think you knew as much as what you do now, Mark? No, definitely not. not. No, we've had to learn on the job and learn quickly. And it's been, you know, a very steep learning curve. Mm. with regards to that and it's been very challenging and it's you know taken us out of our comfort zone but that is where the vast majority of personal progress happens is outside of your comfort zone and there just seems I mean not everybody has this kind of inclination towards the health and fitness but you do see it permeate a lot through I don't know you just go onto YouTube and type in 20 minute you know workout and and you know those kind of short and fast lean and 50 everything is kind of made out like everything needs to happen within a 30 minute time frame you know because god forbid everyone's so busy scrolling Instagram or social media for hours and hours on on end without you know any recourse or any logical thought progression towards maybe i should use this time for self you know progress or something like that but it is very evident and it's setting people up to have very warped expectations that things should be just consistently easy oh my god and i think i think even even not even speaking about you know like whether it's losing weight or going to the gym or whatever like that i'm talking just in general life like i i have come but i, I feel never come across about so many people now that just want i think to it comes down to way. entitlement like the reality is is our parents and our parents prior to that everyone you know may or may not have had a more challenging lifestyle and as you 
the generations go along the the common narrative is i'm going to give my child opportunities and experiences that i don't miss i wasn't afforded to when i was growing up and that then turns into little johnny having absolutely everything and a participation medal for coming last and oh no you're so unique and there's no there's nobody like you and you're so special and then that just breeds people that are entitled people, like there's a lot of people that are, like i have to say that i have worked with who are in, like and i see it as like quite like an attention seeking vibe where like if you're not reward like we i about uh, probably about a month and a half ago i literally had like a minor mental breakdown in my head and i remember saying to you mark i was just mm. like well i said i've said a number <laughs> i've said a number of things in this mental breakdown but it's this whole thing of like the past like 10 years of my life and i think even when i went through a vast transformation like losing a huge amount of weight mm. trying to fit society's standards and needs and mm. trying to come up to speed with like what my mindset was saying to me and what i was my internal narrative used to repeat to me mm. on a day-to-day basis mm. but in general i have been like my own cheerleader through the whole of my like last 10 or 12 years of my life mm. and i think you would probably say the same for you yeah we don't have people because we are in our profession the level of like unless mark wants to compete or i want to take things to like another level in the sense of like i don't know something athletic and capabilities like will we think about getting additional help in the sense of a coach or somebody that can be like that person mm. that cheers you on a day-to-day basis and very much the same as like you know with our jobs and stuff like that we are because we work for ourselves like our business is ours do you know what Mm. i mean and we don't have anybody above us telling us Mm. you know oh you should do Mm. this and Mm. well done for doing that we've kind of had to like really cheer ourselves on which means like i don't really i'm not an attention seeker like i am probably the complete opposite of wanting to draw attention to myself and i think that's definitely changed a lot mm. throughout the years mm. but i have worked with a lot of people that constantly need gratification for doing literally fuck all and i i i just don't understand that process because if you bring that attitude the thing is i feel like any element of your life you're probably going to get either i don't know a stark reality or somebody just telling you the to thing fuck is off. you should only you should only get congratulated when, when you've achieved something, something. Yes. and that's the reality it's like you shouldn't you nobody should clap and encourage you for suboptimal progress no. and that's the reality is we've also the 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 narrative within the general population and influences and social media it's like praising suboptimal results do you know what i mean where it's like instead of encouraging people to be competitive encouraging people to work hard to obtain you know outstanding results it's no you know we kind of promote and encourage people to just you know plateau and you know be stuck mm. in a rut and I, i'll be honest i give everybody came. a little pat on the back but you know you don't have to do this if you don't want to as long as you're happy it's like that for some Whereas people is cool but for some people they need to kick up the ass and be like actually to be what's going to serve you better in the long run is you getting your ass into gear and actually doing something productive and fulfilling for yourself 
to mm. achieve something substantial because that is what's going to improve your your mental health and improve the internal narratives within yourself is fulfilling overcoming an obstacle setting a goal achieving it these are the things that provide fulfillment in your life and drive a self-worth it drives a positive internal narrative and if we don't encourage people to do that and and necessarily pull up the bullshit when they're just sitting on their ass and being idle expecting praise then all we're doing is shortchanging ourselves as a society yeah, I think I think it all stemmed from the need for like likes. I think like when social media came about, like it was this whole thing of like remember when Facebook first ever was launched, the whole premise of Facebook was to like rate or hate, do you know what I mean? In the sense mm. of like, yeah. oh she's hot, he's not, she's yeah. hot, you know what I mean? And that remember, that was literally what it was formed as. It was effectively mm. a popularity site. Well, it was Mark Zuckerberg trying to find out which women were single so he could shoot his shot, essentially. Oh, anyway, I don't think he needs to shoot many shots right now. He's got enough. But uh, the the reality is, is that whole thing has stemmed from like fulfillment and attention is is what people seek now online so like if you upload something like god forbid it performs badly and you don't get the external amount of likes or comments mm -hmm. like maybe it's the wrong time or maybe it's just like you know date and then you start to feel like you know it's shit and like everything you know everything's too hard and why me and now i need more attention because nobody's praising me why is nobody liking my stuff why is nobody commenting why does nobody love me do you know what i mean and there's so many people out there who are completely lost in themselves like completely lost in themselves striving for external gratification all the time when they are miserably unhappy in themselves like mm. i see it so often and as i say and i'll say this time to I'm not saying this from just a general opinion of myself. I literally see it. I see it on a daily basis. Mm. I've worked with many people who, from the outset, many people think they're really happy and they're wonderful and what a great life. And I wonder, you know, and actually, like, the reality is the complete fucking on opposite. And these individuals then end up living in, like, a fantasy world where like everything is praise and everybody should be wonderful and if you're mean to me then oh my god woe is me mm. like i was really bu badly bullied at school like i had like i i wasn't the one where like teachers would then tell the bully off i was the one that was then separated from the class because i was bullied so badly that they were worried do you know what i mean that, that i should then be separated from all kind of communication with any other people or children mm. growing up mm. and instead you are the problem you know what i mean when actually number one i'm glad that happened because it's made the character that i am today but it's that whole thing of like people always thinking like why me like you know what i mean oh uh -huh. like you know that yeah whole, but it's like, a little bit narcissistic just to think that you know the whole fucking world revolves around you yeah, and that, like, fuck, and that your up. opinion you know your opinion um matters more than anyone else or your your the way you you know i oh i'm offended by this because x y and z and it's just entitlement and narcissism which is I also driven. can't stand the narrative that people are like dumber than people. There are people like we come to this point now where like 
it's quite obvious with the percentage of people that maybe might not go to university or they might go to university or they just finish education at 16 and they go into a job or an apprenticeship or whatever, there's been a big change in education. And I will always say that I was like the one of the least academic people at school you could probably have found. Like literally, I didn't have any interest in it. I had no desire. Do you know what I mean? I'm probably, you know, and I'd say probably you were the same, Mark. Like, yeah, for sure. Like it was just honestly like trying to herd cats into it. Like I just, I couldn't be asked. I just really couldn't be asked. No, I think I, it was just um, my attention span was, yeah, was zero. Like, so like I just, literally. I also... You know, growing up, my father taught me that nobody can demand respect from you. Respect is earned. And I had zero respect for all the teachers that that (laughs) taught us. So then I just did whatever I wanted. Do you find I find it quite challenging? Because if you're not, if you weren't, like when we were at school, like if you weren't academic or the A-star student, like excelling in something, Mm. then you were a fucking loser. And God forbid, like... Oh, no, it was the opposite for us. If you were academic and A-star, you were the loser. It was if you didn't play sports and were in the first team. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, look at that dude, nerd. It's the same, like, obviously, like, the ones that were, like, the rugby team captain or the fucking lacrosse, like, they obviously were the, pop, you know, the, 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 the popular shining people in, in the crowd. But I do think the whole thing is also there were some teachers that were so unenthusiastic themselves. Do you know what I mean? That you could, you're not going to get a child. Yeah, I mean, why, wouldn't, why would you be enthusiastic to teach children well, on I a daily basis? Can I be honest with you? If you go to a, like, I'm, this is, again, pretentious 101, but if you go to a private school, your parents are paying a fuck ton of money. And mm. I only just realised how much money that really is like in the later years where you're like oh my god and they're paid to give a shit to be quite honest with you i mm. am very understanding of schools that are not private having to literally like teachers have to do so much to try and get students to learn and to do things and to get a result and i can imagine it's incredibly challenging for some teachers mm. but if you're in a private school mm. like you should be hiring, you can pay them, do you know what I mean? Because, mm. like, I fucking know the amount of money that we used to be raised at our school for, like, charities or, like, an event or this, you know what I mean? You should then be getting people that are very, very good at teaching. Yeah, but you've Not... still got to deal with all the pretentious children. Yeah, who are even fucking worse, don't exactly. get me wrong. So, like, motiv- being motivated for that. I don't think I was a pretentious child. I just had an attitude. There was a difference. And I think the more you told me, like, no... Or like you can't do that or be that like, the more I was like I'm gonna do the complete opposite. Mm. And I think that I was told so many times that I was really shit at things. And when you're told you're really shit at things, you start to like genuinely believe that. Like I never forget when I got my GCSE results in the first grade that I saw, <laughs> I was adamant I was gonna take Spanish for A level and the first grade was Why just like the fact that? that I failed Spanish. Why well, would technically, you do I've obviously got an auntie that's Spanish, not that she's part why, of the family. Uh, why, would you, why don't you just choose like a, a, like a science? Well, I was really a... passionate that I was going to learn other languages. I've always said this. Like, I always wish that I was bilingual. I get really envious of but those. You, surely your parents would have stepped in and just gone, that's probably not the best subject to do. No, because I wouldn't say that I was like a complete... Um, no, because they just wanted to encourage me to do anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking just like, just try and like do something, Georgia, and then you'll get it. But I remember reading like the first grade on my GCSEs and it was like fucking fail. Are you? Spanish. Spanish. And, and then 
my dad nearly had a heart attack when my English language, which was something that people used to speak to me about, like I was honestly the most dyslexic, dyspraxic child at school. Like I used to get like two and a half hours extra time in exams, mm. which just doesn't really help no, when you don't know the that's answer. The, that's, place. That's, <laughs> the, that's arguably the worst thing that could potentially happen. To yeah, you. somebody who's got attention fucking oh, issues, like man. ADHD, sat in a room, doesn't know the answer anyway, and no, then has you to sit be, there for like hours on it. You want to be in and out of that exam room under 60 minutes. Well, I don't think you were allowed to in professional. No, we were allowed to leave, yeah, we were. But I remember just like, I think a lot of things that you end up in life where you're constantly being told you're shit at. And I think the same, like, is definitely replicated when it comes to losing weight and you've tried to lose weight before. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, it didn't Mm. work. Oh, fuck, I've tried everything now. Do you know what I mean? Nothing fucking works. I'm shit. This is shit. I'm not going to ever be able to get to where I want to be. Mm. And it's exactly the same in education. Like, if people consistently speak to you or you apply certain methodologies Mm. that don't work or things don't work, then you're honestly going to believe that it doesn't then work. But that doesn't necessarily mean that to not overcome those hurdles, you've actually got to do something and challenge yourself mm. to be better. Like, I had to challenge myself a lot to be where yeah, we and it's, are And now. it's definitely not easy. And, the you know, the industry, especially when it comes to weight loss and, and personal progression, everyone's looking for that, you know, 15-minute answer, 20-minute workout you know blah 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 and it just it really and i guess i want to separate um just like working and moving your body is obviously always encouraged so on and so forth but i want to separate that from actual seeing significant changes and progression within your body composition your strength and so on and so forth because yes you know 20 minutes of an excess of exercise is better than zero but the expectations that you can just do something that's so easy as 20 or 15 it's minutes. It's not easy though. Some of these fucking workouts are like the most, and it makes people hate exercise because they've got to like jump on the floor. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Out, you know well, I, mean? I guess when you then having to squeeze that 20 minutes into like actual 60 minutes worth of exercise, it can be quite intense. But it's it's the it's the general assumption that you can just do 20 minutes here and there and have an absolutely banging body. It's I ridiculous. Think, I think it's, it's also the fact of like, you know, I always say this to people, like people come on board and they're like, oh, I really just like hate the position I'm in now. It's like, well, that's not probably going to change. Do you know what I mean? And that's the reason why you're here doing something about it. Mm. But it's the same as like somebody coming to you that's, oh, I've gained like 30 kilos and I, I used to be like this and now I'm not like this. And mm. then they expect, they expect that 30 kilos can be gone within the first couple of weeks. It's like, I'm sorry, but like at what point when you sat with 30 kilos of weight on you for years and years and mm. years and years and consistently got worse and worse and worse, do you think that that can be completely changed yeah, in a reversed. matter of weeks? And, you know, I will happily say, hand on my heart, I am, I am currently in the best shape I ever have been. Mm. But that's because I've gone through phases of my life and I want people to understand this. When you are very, very overweight and you go through your initial stage of wanting to lose weight and wanting to be not in a position where you're going to regain it and you want to build, your your main aim is to try and get that weight off of you. It's not about having popping biceps and a fucking sculpted back and like a glutes that are on fire, do you know what I mean? Mm. That's like probably the last of your 
concerns. Now, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that I am not uh, in favour and have taken all of our clients through this, that when you do go through a large weight loss journey, it's, in, and it's really, really, really important that there is some kind of resistance training brought into that process so that you don't end up shortchanging yourself when you've lost loads of weight and you end up like an empty sack and then you end up miserable and your calories are super low and your metabolic rate is like on the fucking ground, do you know what I mean? And then you end up in this cycle of wanting to regain weight. And that's why resistance training is proven to help people uh, not regain weight over the first stages of no. weight loss because effectively, and then obviously adapts your body, gives you more muscle mass, gives you the ability to have a higher metabolic rate, et cetera, et cetera, which then helps you be able to not regain body fat to the extreme of what mm. you potentially have done. Mm. But, you know, whenever somebody goes through like i don't know when when i did it like i lost a, a large period of weight over a couple of years where i was literally nothing got in my way like at all and then you know i started to fall in love with like being strong and being you know my lowest weight is not where i sit now but my body is like the best ever yeah, has body been. composition is different and and I just want to say that, like, for anybody that's ever followed maybe us or, like, maybe even my journey years ago, because I know there's some people that do listen to this that have followed us for years, like, like never fucking think that, like, you can have it all at once. Like, because you can't, yeah. do you know what I mean? You've got to do it in phases. And then you need to start falling in love with that process to get yourself better and better and better. So the position I sit in now, people sometimes are gobsmacked at. Like, oh, my God, how do you do, the, do that? How do you do this? So because it took a fuck ton of time and effort. And the reality is, is that my first focal point when I was very, very overweight was not right. Fuck, I need to be in the, I need to be in the gym doing like at least step ups with like 60 kilos. And I need to be thinking about the fucking body composition. No, it was like literally your health is on the fucking line of degrading by the second. You're either going to have a short, very short life or you're going to do something about it. So your main aim is to try and just improve your fucking mm. health. And that's the reason why I did it. And those goals change, you know, the, the more you go into the process. So if you are at the start of your journey, like this is why we ne you should never set yourself up to do too much because it's always this thing, oh, I need to do all of these things, but you don't do any of them at the start anyway. Do you know what I mean? You don't do any of it. Mm -hmm. So then try and incorporate that, incorporate that into your lifestyle when you literally have never done any of it before. So you've got to go at small steps for it, but then realize that pretty much every step of the way, it's going to be like trying to do the hurdles of a hundred meter sprint, but like you trip over all the fucking time. Like if you tried and set off on a race in the Olympics, trying to jump over those fucking hurdles, good luck, because most people wouldn't be able to. You know, it's the same thing. You're going to get bumps in the road. You're going to have things that question certain elements of it you're going to have moments where you think ah this is really hard mm. do you know what i mean but that's what's going to form you in the years to come as to how you manage it how you view it how in control you feel of it you've got to embrace the 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 difficulty that's the reality of it because everything in everything worthwhile having that you want to obtain in life requires extraordinary effort and mm. the uh, the narrative of you need balance and da 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 is is not factually correct because all the people that have excelled in any area of their life do not and i repeat that do not show any form of balance ever yeah. so you know getting into shape requires a shitload of effort time and consideration 
But so when you've achieved that goal, do you think miraculously you just stop training and you can just eat Ben and Jerry's until the cows come home? No, that's not the case. You have to maintain it. And the only way you're going to maintain excellence is by embracing the suck. You've got to embrace it. You've got to look forward to it. And you've got to allow the difficulty and the shittiness of the experience to mold your character and make you resilient otherwise listen i guess the reality is is that in life there are some winners and there are some losers and Mm -hmm. some people are destined to win some people are destined to be in shape some people are destined to be ceos some people are destined to be high net worth and some people are meant to sweep the floor do you know what i mean that's the reality and it comes to you know, some people are just complacent. Some people are quite happy just to stay well, in their comfort the zone. Mark. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not. Is, you can't sound like too much of a no, I appreciate that. that. Like outside of privilege, let's just say level playing field. It comes down to what you put in is what you get out. If that was the case and everyone was on a level playing field, there was no inheritance and what your family name is and where you were born and how you grew up. If that was all erased and everyone was on the same level playing field, there's still going to be some winners and there's still going to be some losers. And what's the defining factor between people that achieve greatness and don't achieve greatness is consistency and embracing the shittiness yeah and i think you know i i mean a lot of people could probably argue that and say well you're not all at a play, like a, the same play no you know, i know you're not in the sense you're not like and there are people like, like we speak about oh if you go to private school are you then like we were talking about like uh, when you go to a private school, usually mm. the people that are around you in the environment can effectively prop mm. you up later on in life. Like, mm. if you know, like, family, friends, or, you know, if I look at, like, my godfather or my, you know but what I, I still, mean? They're I, all... I still get, you got to do something. Do you know what I mean? You've got to know. Well, I I, I agree with that. There are some people which I don't agree with that. And I feel I know very, very well that, you know, they can slip into a very high role without really doing too much because of their privilege. Well, okay, let's put it this way. Let's say you've you've gone to a private school. You are a building contractor. Your best mate, whose dad uh, wants you to build him a 10 million pound house you still got to at least do a pretty good job. No, you do, do you know but I mean? the opportunity is there. Like, unlike the person who has to work, like, three different fucking jobs, potentially has a child that's, like, got special needs or, mm. you know what I mean, and has a And every person that has excelled in life and, and, and come from losers. that background... They're not losers. No, I'm not saying they're a loser, they but I'm just saying the people that have come from that background and have managed to overcome all the odds and exceed in life, what is their general narrative when they... What do you uh, say convey. is out of interest? What do you think is exceed in life out of interest? Because I, in my head, I'm... Well, let's say, for like example, like that guy... that's not right. No, let's say, for example, um, let's say the guy that runs that uh, Pimlico's plumbing service, the guy with blonde hair that's a, somewhat Charlie, of a Z-less celebrity. You know, he apparently came from a a not very affluent background and he worked really hard and now he's where he is today and his main driving factor is if I can do it, anybody can do it. 
and the vast majority of the people that don't have haven't had a silver spoon in their mouth the narrative that they'll always say to you is i worked really really hard i sacrificed things in life it sucked but i got over it i've made remained consistent and look where i am now if i can do it you can do it. i think statistically if you come from a lower economic background you're more likely to work harder than those that are privileged yeah and that of course is a, that now we've had this conversation yeah it, we before, have but the, when but they do succeed why is that because they put a lot of effort and time into succeeding but i i feel go. like what is the element of success because this is a very uh very good topic to debate because mm. are you talking that the element of success needs to be somebody that sat there at multi-million saying that mm. like if you can do it i can you know if i can do it you can do it no or no it could be could be overcoming could be overcoming a drug addiction it could be starting a family it could be running a business yeah, so it's not like you lose in life like i don't think there's there's winners and there's lose in the sense of competitiveness yes but i think in the sense of life it very much depends on your own environments socioeconomic you know economic situation mm. to, to know where you're winning at but i would always say that like i i've some of the most successful people in this world have come from the absolute worst backgrounds mm -hmm. and they've striven like their strive every day mm -hmm. is they never ever want their family or themselves to feel mm -hmm. or to be put in a situation as to what they were put in mm -hmm. and that is a fucking good motivator mm -hmm. now take a child let's take me for example yeah i'm not a child i fucking wish i still was um <laughs> the who has been brought up in intense amounts of privilege to some degree versus others yeah. um is that my only strive i'll be honest with you is oh well if i'm to ever have children well i need to make sure that they have the same life as me which is pretty fucking unrealistic for most at the moment yeah sure, like, to be fair. and so is that a working motivator like are you going to be pumped you just want the problem is is when you've been mm. this is the thing when you've been brought up around money now this sounds and this is please whoever listens to this take this because i can speak like i'm a pretentious cunt but if you've been brought up around money you then strive for that same level of money and that is a fucking problem when you have a reality check when it comes down to oh shit okay i've got to actually start working from the ground level up why is it not really easy Do you know what i mean i thought i've only ever mm. seen people give things to me or gift things to me or have this thing and now I can't have it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so you always it go gets... through this resenting factor that you were brought up that way because now your expectation is so fucking high of life mm -hmm. that you can't ever match it. Well, the, and the reality is, is what? How does that? How does that shape you as an individual? It makes it's been hard. you. Jesus it, it's it's hard and it's difficult and it's you know warped your perceptions and so on and so forth. But it is the main driving factor to you getting up every morning and excelling in your job and being um, dogmatic with progression, with wanting to be successful. It's based off that. So you appreciate yeah, that how I've hard seen, it is. I've seen success in my family, you've, so you've, I feel you've like... Seen how, you know how hard it is. You've seen how hard your dad worked. That They were incredibly... You know your grandparents your your you know your dad's sacrificed a lot of his life traveling and family and a whole bunch of other you know massive hurdles that were really really challenging for him at that given moment but the overriding narrative is fuck this is really really hard what am i gonna do 
I'm gonna grab the life. I'm gonna grab life by the horns, and I'm going to overcome it. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what people. That's what people, are successful people do, and it's like it's it's very different to oh this is difficult, let me give up or uh, let me do this. Oh, I'm three weeks in and my weight's fluctuated by half a pound. I'm just not going to check in and speak to my uh, speak to my coach and sack off the entire process, yeah, or procrastinating yeah. because you know it's going to be difficult. You know it's going to be confronting and challenge you when you have to balance work, life, socializing, and your health. Oh, I'm just going to wait until you know the end of summer so i can get my ducks in a row do you know what i mean it's that kind of procrastination and that level of not wanting to appreciate that most things in life are really really challenging yes and i think the fact is that we're not we're not really taught how challenging it's going to be and that's the whole joy of becoming an adult and to like actually live adult life like because there's going to be numerous times where you where shit hits the fucking fan and you look at one another like we've done it a couple of times where you're like what the fuck is gonna oh, go yeah. on now yeah. literally and you're like okay right you're, moment mental breakdown yeah. fucking a fork in the road and the the right fork is you know you got to pull your finger out your ass and get shit done and the other one is wallow and blame somebody else. Point you know fingers. One, of the most, one thing that stuck with me so much over the last couple of years, and I don't know what it was, but we, we I think I, we mentioned this previously, but when we, when the pandemic hit, we obviously were the complete opposite of what our business is now. And I just want to clarify that we are not, we were not what we are now in any way, shape, or form. We were complete opposite jobs. When the pandemic hit, we had. A mortgage to fucking pay for. We mm -hmm. had our life to pay for. We bought a house in Cape Town. We had our expenses to pay for. We then had zero clients coming through the door in a gym due to the fact that yeah, South Africa had such an intense lockdown. Okay? Yeah, indefinitely. So overnight, I'm not joking, overnight, I remember the date of what it was, we literally went from a full fucking gym of hours of work, do you know what I mean? Pay coming in, everything like that, to mm, nothing. To okay? zero. And then, luckily, we because we'd moved to Cape Town, a lot of our British uh, and uh, Western, like the Western world, whatever, who were interested in coaching us or wanted us to coach them, had sort of hung on and wanted us to coach them. Now we were in Cape Town online. And luckily, we'd had a base of that to, to build off of. But overnight, we went from, okay, yeah, this is great, to what the actual fuck are we doing, mm -hmm. okay? And so we were like, right, overnight, we're going to have to launch virtual classes. We're going to have to do virtual training. Mm -hmm. Very luckily, about eight months previous to that, we had tested the waters of a membership site, mm. a virtual thing, because we thought, oh, maybe we want to progress into this. Now we're in a different country and a lot of people want us in the UK and all of this. Let's try and open these doors up. And so we trialed on it. But overnight, we had to try and earn fucking money, launch a load of fucking things to a market where we only had like a couple of thousand followers on our Arrow Club yep. page at the time. And it wasn't so every far. person in the fitness industry was also doing the exactly exact same, same thing. thing. But maybe, you know, I'll be honest, you might have lost income, but if you don't have a gym over your head having to pay for that shit, then yeah. you probably don't understand the stress of what actually has to go into that. But the element of the fact of, oh my God, I've now got to do something which 
earns me money ASAP. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget launching virtual classes. And we got messages from people online saying, I just really honestly think this is like disgusting that you're charging for this in such a delicate time of the pandemic that you're charging me £10 per week to come to unlimited classes. Remember, we did two to three yeah, a day. Because everyone okay? was just giving them out for free. Two to three free, fucking yeah. day. You know what I mean? But mm. because a couple, no, a couple of other people were giving for free. But it was that whole element of actually, do you know what? You can give this all for me for free because you don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about your life, but you need to give a fuck about mine. Mm. And I remember ranting on social media, just being like, look, if you send us one more fucking message saying that we need to be doing this for free, I'm going to spell it out for you Mm. exactly Mm. why we don't do this for free and why you can pay us 10 fucking pounds a week. Do you know what I mean? To turn up for hours of our time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And and I just, it stuck with me because I thought, do you know what? Like, and it, it was and it was so challenging because so we went hot. from being personal trainers to, you know, Georgia learning WordPress, Georgia learning Canva, built everything. Georgia learning. You know, we then had to become content creators. We had to, you know, get wise to marketing on social media, and it's all incredibly conf- confrontational, really uncomfortable tasks and hurdles we had to overcome and kind so of battle paying with. out for that and then you're not necessarily earning the greatest capacity like that you have done because nobody's training with you face to face you know and luckily time and time again i will say it's not luck it's like the fact that we've worked fucking hard for it but mm. we had clients that went virtual and then we've managed to maintain that four years fucking later to be where we are now but it's just those elements where i think like there's been so many times in the past and we are like the last people to ever tell somebody that. Like, you know, it just keep things going. Do you know what I mean? Just keep it going. And, and, you know, everybody will think everything's okay. Do you know what I mean? And that's the whole element of like, but it's not to say that behind the scenes that we have not had moments where like literally it's diarrhea going around a fan. Do you know what I mean? Like literally, yeah. like, it's like, it's like somebody's just lactose intolerant, has drunk a milkshake and is shat in a fan and it's going round all over you. Do you know what I mean? Like literally, that's what it felt like. And I have felt like that on a numerous times in my life mm. and every time it's like right you can cry right now but you actually need to just fucking get on with it because nobody's yeah. going to do it for you and i've said it to mark loads of times like we just got to remember nobody does this for us we've got to do it ourselves and if you repeat that enough you go right fucking suck up you mm. piece of shit do you know what yeah. i mean and you know this is coming from somebody that dealt with some of the darkest moments in their head do you know what i mean i'm thinking what's the point do you know what I mean I think Mark's been there what is the fucking point do you know what I mean and and that's normal to think that but it's how you then behave and action that mm. behavior afterwards is to what's going to really see the success and now we sit here and we've managed to fucking learn a lot trial yeah. and error and I will say mm. that failing doesn't show that you are a complete you know no. that it's actually a, a step forward in progression because mm. you fail and it's how you pick yourself up from that moment well, you're learning going, you're learning from yeah. mistakes like if you fail you you try fail forward you you try and learn Do something that you try and learn to, yeah. from your mistakes you try and learn from the experience and then realize okay let's put that in the back pocket to make sure that we never do that again we knew trainers and like- that's the weird thing about the, the 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 this kind of industry as well people will come to you and say well i've i've done 
you know, I lost loads of weight doing a ketogenic diet. I was at the lowest weight possible. I couldn't sustain it. I put all the weight back on plus interest. So when I work with you as a coach, I want you to write me a ketogenic diet. And you're like, at what point in that sentence did you have like an aneurysm? Because <laughs> you've just explained to us that you've done something. You saw shit returns yet you still want to revisit the same habits and oh this used to work for me so let me try it again you want to revisit the same habits that are just making you go round and round in circles and you'll be surprised how many people you're like actually you know if it if your ketogenic diet was so successful you wouldn't be talking to me in the first place because you would have just progressed and got on with your life but no we're here and we're and why are you trying to revisit things that haven't worked and they, we clash heads we bump heads yeah and it's, but it's like, the same it, it's exactly the same though it's like when you think that certain things elements run like you know if you were to run an online business back in 2018 versus 2023 complete opposite thing for our industry the complete fucking opposite you didn't need to try for shit back in 2000 like you did not mm. need to try didn't really you just needed to well you did need to try in the sense that like you had to work very hard in your other element of a job do you know what i mean mm. to bring in that attention on a business yeah, and you it's, know and and it's and it's progressing you know with the algorithm changing towards video content and all this kind of stuff you see all the 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 legacy fitness and inf and influences are struggling They're struggling and that's not something that you should be laughing about though because no, i'm not laughing day, like you know i'm not laughing but i'm just saying we used to do it like you know our day-to-day -day base like basic day used to be running with not running fuck i wasn't running nowhere i was in the fucking gym but like around socialites celebrities very high net worth individuals mm. all these people that had influx and out you know what i mean ready and raring at the palm of our hands we had waiting lists we had to palm people off to other trainers we had to have you know we we had to do all of these things which look it's not to d dismiss but, but why was that Georgia? no because but there was other we're... a lot of other trainers for example who were in the same situation as us in other areas of london who are still to this day like people that we would probably be at the same level as not necessarily educational wise but in the sense of status of who we knew and what we worked with and people are like fuck okay now i am not this prestigious sort of person mm. which people like like bow down at the fucking knee you know what i mean and yeah. like will suck off before trying to get a session you know what i mean you're now in an online world where there's fucking you've got access to billions of people in every different country yeah and it's you're like where am i going to find the ones that i need that yeah, you, know you can't I mean? just it's take a photo of your shirt off and post it and and get influx of twenty thousand inquiries no. it just doesn't work like that anymore yeah, you could before, you could literally upload a before and after photo of a client, which obviously we work hard at achieving. All of our clients worked hard at that. But you'd upload a before and after, and I genuinely don't, I mean, I mean this, used to have an inbox full of fucking requests. Like, oh my God, I want this, I want that, I want, you know what I mean? Please try, mm. please, like, you know, and... And now, you know, because of the pandemic, everybody went online. And as I've always said, the next two years are going to be the dictating factors of those that stay online. Mm. And that's not a fucking problem if you don't. Because if no, you realise that you don't enjoy it and it's really just a complete bane, then definitely don't do it. There is 100% been moments in my head where I've thought exactly the same. Yeah, it's, like, and again, it, it, it think... always revolves around to like what... Why the expectation of this being easy, you know, completely shifting yes. and changing yes. jobs 
to from a face-to-face trainer to an online trainer is completely different so Mm. different and the assumption of like well why isn't this easy because it's it's not meant to be and the reality is 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 we have we have had our moments where you know both of us have said to each other you know i'd rather just maybe go back to being a face-to-face trainer in a gym or in a local area but then at the end of the day it's like well are we the types of individuals that just give up no definitely not no, we're not. We're like, we're physically adamant until it legitimately fails, which it doesn't. It's just, it's just these moments where you think, okay, I've actually really got to do that. Like literally, I've really got to do that. And I've got to come to terms with the fact I've got to fucking do that. Yeah. And I've got to grow up, do you know what I mean? Literally. And realize that if you want to have what you have, do you know what I mean? And continually for years mm. and years and out, you're going to have to do something for that, do you know what I mean? Yep. And those things are different pillars of what you need to do than what you have been used to be doing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and like, I, 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 look, I'm sure some people might be aware, but we have flipped the switches numerous times as an online business. And yeah. it's, and I'm like kind of proud of it because we've got to a position of where we are, you know what I mean? And we wouldn't be in that position if we hadn't flipped the switch a number of different fucking times. But, you know, I just always think that people, you know, I've had loads of people that always say like, oh, you've got so many followers and, oh, I wouldn't want to message you in case like you don't get back to me. And it's Mm. just like, fuck, we are like the most reliable and honest people you're going to get on social media. Like, I'll be totally, I'll I'll be honest about that. Mm. Like, we are the most responsive, caring, we actually give a fuck. And that's the reason why when we have the moments of like, I don't know what we're fucking doing right now. Do you know what I mean? That we go, right, bring ourselves back to what we have done and how we help people and how we do on a day-to-day fucking Mm. basis every single day of our fucking Mm. lives Mm. for decades. Do you know what I mean? We have done this and Mm. we have succeeded. We are going to do it again. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, there are... but. You know, you're always going to have blips in a journey. It's just, as I always say, it's your behaviour afterwards. And it's, like, as I said, like, there were definitely trainers throughout COVID that were like this. Oh, I've got no clients. Okay, I'll just not do anything about it. I'll just sit at home and then two years' time I'll just moan about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, (laughs) yeah, okay, they might be back in a job now, face-to-face, when COVID was out of the window, but... It's just that mentality of, oh, I'll just sit and wait until it passes, but then I'll also sulk about it in the process. Like, mm. you know, oh, you know, I'll just sit. And, and, and a lot of business, not just our industry, that we went completely fucking tits up. Shops, restaurants. So many. Events. So like, many. I had, so many. I had clients at the time that were like really high-end events planners, people that would pay like a million quid for a one-year-old's birthday. Do you know what I mean? And for three years, no events. Not one. Not one. And so then people were like, well, we need to postpone the event. So can you hold the deposit for three years? And then we'll, we'll, and it's just like, well, my cash flow is now completely fucked. No, I don't zero. have any cash. So if you just really appreciate if we don't just hold, like, you know, and there was, I think for everybody, it was kind of like each for their own, even though there was mm. this weird clap for the NHS vibe. I think it really was each for your own. Like and that didn't last very long, did it? No, it didn't fucking clapping outside. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll clap for you outside, but God forbid we'd give you more than rise, £14 yeah. pounds an hour. I know, it's actually horrific. It, look, fine if it was £14 pounds an hour, if fucking life cost like fuck all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, like literally like... Yeah. It's, it's one of these things where... We had this conversation with our neighbour, like, what would you rather be, asset rich or cash rich? Mm, what would cash. you Cash. Cash, yeah, same. For sure. Um, because I just feel like, 
having just recently bought it depends on what the asset asset is like if you if you're talking about a house you have to sit on a house for at least a decade Thank to you get for a return me that after i sold a house after four years and took yeah well we also loss. we also yeah well we had and you know we yeah. we chose to completely convert the house as well yeah convert the house and turn it into a gym and then convert it back into a house but we also chose to Move sell a house tree. you know buy buy at the peak the absolute Mount Everest peak of a property market. Oh my god! And then wait for it to, wait for it to, you know, turn into the Mariana Trench, the deepest hole in the ground, and then sell the house. But yeah, well, that went which well. was great. Uh, yeah, a but very good say, life. Like, I've spoken this with a couple of clients who are also wanting. Like, there's one of our clients who's wanting to move out of South Africa, and she's a virtual client. But she was saying the same thing. It's like, you know we're all going to take a loss at some point of our life, whether that's mm. great. Like if we're talking financially, you're going to take a loss at some point, but it, you've got to then weigh up the value of that loss. Like, for example, we were adamant and desperate at the time of when we were leaving, like we wanted to leave South Africa. We were like, this isn't right for us. We've just spent two and a half years like locked inside of a fucking house. You know, I don't want to be mm. here. There's no electricity half the time. We're trying to run an online business and the fucking electricity won't turn on. Like it's just counterproductive mm. to our life going forward. So do you take a hit of what is quite like swallowing a lot of mm. money to move back uh, or do you stay put and right now I'm really glad we didn't stay put because it's tanked oh, yeah, even no, it's even further. worse yeah so there is this thing of like okay well I you guess know, in I mean, hindsight we, we made the right choice in <laughs> I try and say that in hindsight and then in my head well, it's like, ha- I is mean, the grass greener I or mean, is it fucking not you know, eight hours of no electricity every single day is a bit long. Yeah, and like, hey, like, we're just going to have to stream on fucking 4G. Oh, wait, you don't on have 4G. It's 3G on one bar. And oh, wait, you don't have signal now. Stream on off. anything, bro. Um, You're going to stream on a candle. That imagine having a it. client at like five in the morning and not being able to have a coffee before Just it. explaining to people what load shedding was was quite entertaining. Oh, yeah, it still is, though. People still don't understand yeah. it. They're like, what? They just what, turn the off electricity the electricity. gets turned off? Yeah. I mean, so many people, like, I swear so many people think that, like, you're South African. It infuriates Mark. Yeah, uh, I know. It is what Mark it is. is not South African. Mark is Zimbabwean. There's a yeah, very yeah. stark difference. There's a very... It's like... Nothing against South Africans. It's like calling well. <laughs> a English person Irish. Yes, it's actually offensive. No, is it? No. Well, I don't think... Well, yeah, offensive in the sense that we're, we're just... And I know this sounds very pompous, but Zimbabweans have just got a far better nature and character, nature, character manners. manner, mannerisms, and we're just better educated because yeah, we South follow. Yeah, really are not very well educated. No, they're them. they're quite slow. Fucking dense. Let's just be honest. Like that, I'm I'm really sorry. Like I I like ha ha. You you write matric, lol. Yeah, I know what is my dream. But like, go and stand that into the other the other parts of the world where all of these children are wanting to go to. Like, if you're like a privileged South African child and you've done matric, like in South Africa, you're probably not going to want to stay around in South Africa to get a job because good luck. And then you'll go across to like the UK or to America or any of these mm. places. You're try and get a job, and then they look at your thing and you're like, what? <laughs> What's matric? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Are you even? And and it's it's mm. kind of laughable in a way, but Zimbabweans definitely like and 
I'll say that having lived in South Africa as a British person mm. and knowing a lot of Zimbabwean, seeing as half my family is Zimbabwean, yeah. you know, there is a very stark difference in the, yeah, in no, the attitudes of South Africans in general. And this is not necessarily South Africans in the UK, but in the country themselves. They used to laugh at Zimbabwean. They used to, we used to say to them, well, you know, you don't laugh too much at Zimbabwe because South Africa is slowly eroding away and they would laugh and say no you're completely wrong we're too we're too big to fail blah 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 and well look at them now look at them now but like i just think it's one of these things where people i also hate the fact that we're just like born into like forcing to support the the south africans in every sporting event it's like oh the springboks are playing well great they're always playing great i remember you just always you will never you will never see a south african cheering on a zimbabwean ever ever Ever, that, isn't it? ever, even in the Olympics when Kirsty Coventry was was winning gold medals for Zimbabwe, you don't see a peep from South Africans. Yeah, but about all the South Africans are sucking. But yet, out yeah, all we do is part. suck them off when it comes to everyone. Bloody wears a Springbok. Oh, you're from Zimbabwe. You must support the Springboks. It's like, oh my god, please no. just do some geography, you dumb fuck. Anyway, like literally, so many people say. In fact. Yeah, I mean, loads of times, oh, yeah, Mark's South African. No, he's not. I mean, yeah, like, but I, I do say I'm South African because Why? when because when you say, well, where are you from? Where, I'm from Zimbabwe. Where's Zimbabwe? In Africa. Uh, it's, you know, a neighbouring country to South Africa. Oh, where is that? Why aren't you black? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's like so many times where, like, people have said to me, oh, like... So Mark, he's, he's a black man, isn't he? Like, especially in the UK. It's, so he's black. Like, they always do that. And I just, I think it's so horrific, isn't it? I'm sure, like, yeah. like all of, like, it's just horrific how people talk about it. But it's this whole thing of, like, like a, a, a white British person. I've had this happen in so many situations, specifically in, like, a hair salon or, like, a nail place or whatever. And they're like, oh, so you're married. You know, the general chit-chat, they want to talk to you and I can't be asked. Mm. And it's like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, what does your husband do? Oh, I work with him. Okay, and where's he from? And I'm like, Zimbabwe. And it's like, oh. Yeah, the look on their face that they they get because then they think that, you know, then the racist undertones of the British society comes in. Because this is the thing about, like, British people are racist. They just don't understand. They don't know it yet. That's the difference. It's like, oh, I think the older generation. Yeah, I mean, the different, the the older generation is different. But, like, I I had this uh, discussion with a client once. She was like, I'm definitely 100% categorically not racist. So I was like, okay, that's really cool. Like, that everyone should, nobody should discriminate against other people, so on and so forth. Can I ask you a question? If, because she had a daughter, would you allow your daughter to date a black African? And she was like, no. I was like, well, that's pretty racist. Yeah, that's pretty racist. That is pretty racist. racist. That's probably one. But it's the same as how um, I've had a number of, like, this is definitely back in when you work with like Indians or Pakistanis or, you know, I had a lot of clients, Indian and Pakistani in London. We still do. And it's that whole thing of like, people are so, like British people that are white are so racist. Like that they can't even say Pakistani out loud. Like they've got to say it like, you know, in a like fucking Malvin, quiet, like Malvin. Do you know what I mean? Oh yes. He's like, oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like fucking get a grip. Do you know what I mean? Like we, enti- we should be equal for all. Do you know what I mean? And like, I, do, I think people always say, oh, I'm not racist at all. I'm not mm, racist at all. The people that say that are. Oh, well, 
that was like my grandma when I turned up with my best friends growing up at school who's mm. um oh here we go let's drop some let's names and let's let's drop some names drop a name let's fucking drop some names. anyway he was Ian Wright's son so obviously a black guy uh obviously a privilege to a degree yeah. you know obviously very privileged and um I did a test on my grandparents to see whether who would Jewish as fuck and incredibly white mm. and like regal as fuck. And like, I don't think we can hide that to be mm. quite honest with you. And I'm not about to. And I remember my grandma said, oh, can we meet up on the King's Road? Obviously in Chelsea, if you don't know, but King's Road. And I'll meet you at Sloan Square Station and you can bring your, your friend with you. Do you know what I mean? Because I was staying at Stacey's house. And anyway, <laughs> obviously he's, he was a big guy. Like, do you know what I mean? A big guy and he was black and I arrived at the train station I have never seen my grandma's face mm. go as white mm. as white like as she possibly could be yeah literally like honestly you couldn't get much whiter if you tried in the sense of my grandma but like it was just like oh mm. oh so no. um is this your friend I mean it's just like yeah he's one of my best mates and it was just the whole thing oh Thank God it's not your boyfriend dropping like literally. Oh, and I geez. just thought, fuck, you are so... I mean, people in the UK, just in general, I, I think they always pretend that they're not and they, they fucking The thing are. is, it's like the, the main driving factor for Brexit was immigration. Yes. Or people taking their jobs and so on and so forth, you know, and X, Y and Z. And even now with, oh, the boats are coming across <laughs> and doing all this other nonsense. It's just, it's like a, it's, it's a... Uh, subversive I don't know it's like an undertone it's just basically like undertoning racism to a certain degree yeah I mean look I I had this a very heated debate with a client the other day about this and the the boats coming across and the thoughts of like immigration and Brexit and stuff like that and I have to say I'm a firm believer I don't really like our country exploiting other people's countries like workers so we've got this thing in the British government where we like to entice all people from different countries to come into our own to do the jobs which pretty much our country should be doing if they were paid well enough Mm -hmm. and so one of the saddest things I see and I, I generally mean this because we had obviously people that work for the, with us in the gym that used to like help us clean and like we had maids in South Africa and Charity was like our godsend. I gave her like half the house and we left and, yeah. you know, and we had gardeners and we had all these people that we really respected and these people don't really get that well paid in countries like Africa or India and so there's that whole thing of like go across to the UK and make money but you're still exploited to fuck because you're still not paid what you should be in a country like this you're sending all of your money back home do you know what I mean so what are you living on exactly in the UK pretty much nothing and yet none of our own can do these jobs but yet the UK government all they're doing is advertising for everybody apart from British people to work into the UK but then that takes away the best people think about like the doctors the carers the nurses they're all going to Australia you know because the Australians are trying to poach all the doctors and stuff by paying them 150 grand a year yeah but that's the thing then you take it away from their own country so now they those countries don't have the best do you know what I mean they've got the 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 absolute worst she's like country's never going to like strive to be better or be better or be able to help as many people well if immigration was such a bad thing then why are they trying to get people from other countries to come and do the jobs that most British people don't want to do like like caring like there was 
a slight thing that they've I was got like, a huge drive in Zimbabwe where the the British government is, you know, searching for people hand over fist to come to Britain for, to look after people. the people that then voted yes. to get rid of all the the immigration and all the people that are not English and you're taking our jobs and stuff like that. But those people then end up coming and looking after you Wiping when you're drooling your on yourself. Yeah, yeah, literally. And you know what? That's just a complete. It's a laugh, isn't it? Really, it the is. fact it's that that ends crazy. up like it that. It cracks me up because um, I'm like. And and much like when Brexit happened, and everyone was so keen to to get out of the the European Union, and I was just waiting. Okay, when you come with you slide into the airport with your your beautiful pink passport, and you just breeze through immigration because you're part of the European Union. And look at you now. Everyone's yeah. queuing with the, all the dirty Africans, the Americans. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's one of these things where I just, I, I mean... No, your fa- when your dad went to Switzerland, he stood in immigration passport control for two and a half hours. I know, Welcome. insane. Welcome. Like, well, yeah, let's actually give an update because Mark can't actually get a Schengen visa at all currently. Yeah, like, at there you all. Go. So there's so, no even chance of him getting into Europe. No fucking no. European break I'm gonna have to. I'm going to have to catch one of the buggers on the dinghy and take it back. I think the dinghy situation, look, first of all, I think, you know, we sit here like not coming from a worn, torn country like and so and so forth. And I know there's certain individuals that are absolutely desperate to get out of where they currently have been brought where they're from, do you know what mm. I mean? To try and get a better life. Mm. And I am, like, I come from an immigrant side of a family. Like, all of my Jewish, like, heritage is immigrants, do you mm. know what I mean? We all are immigrants. And, you know, so I'm not against that because I feel like everybody should have the opportunity of a better life. Where it, I think it goes a bit skew if, and I think you'll agree with this, mm. is we started, you know, the uptake of the drug like trade shall we say in the uk and i think london especially and around the uk liverpool Mm. manchester all of this all of these people that were coming on boats were like young males not with their children not with their partner and their wife or Mm. whatever who were still back in the countries Mm. and these young males were coming across effectively not all of them but Mm. a large majority of them were then doing crime of some sort never registering in the country, never being caught, whatever, and taking all of this and then just fucking back it's, to But whose country. fault is that, though? Well, it's not their fault. It's the... It's the, uh, what the... What the government should do is put... Uh, like, appreciate that if they cannot stem the flow of it, right, they shouldn't necessarily encourage people to risk their lives by, you know, traversing, you know, an ocean in a dinghy, right? No, but... But let's say... Or... Let's say... You sh- if that's the case, you don't want to encourage it, but you should make the most of it. You know, get people in. Okay, cool. You want to come to the UK? Great. Okay, what it's going to take you three years. Yeah. It's going to take you three years to probably get some form of documentation. And in those three years, you know, you're going to go pick apples on a farm. You're going to go and do all these. You're going to earn the right to and contribute in terms of paying tax and national insurance. They should get pe- as soon as you come off the boat, document them. And say right, this is where you get you. If you want to work out, come off the boat, run. I mean, there's no like the whole point. Are they? Are they? Or they? Or uh, is the British government spending hundreds of millions of pounds putting them in hotels? 
yes, those that get the, those that get effectively boats caught. But you have you not fucking watched? Like some of them go on to shore and they will run in every different direction. Hence why That's... all the houses down by the ocean bit that were owned by British people started being like, I have immigrants in my garden hiding in a fucking shed. Like, yeah. Can you okay. please help? Yes. Me? Okay. So then the government should realise that a it's an issue like they are doing and put uh, resources towards trying to not capture these individuals but you may as well make the 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 best out of a bad situation and try and get those people to contribute towards the economy and society as quickly as possible yeah okay very easier said than done like i think the drug trade situation came from well the the drug is the drug trade is always going to be there why because there's a supply for it british people love cocaine Yes, I know, but also we shouldn't really be then saying like, okay, cool, I'd love, like, British people love cocaine, okay, can it be sold by British people? That would be great. What, do you know what I mean? Or should or you the... be paying, like, an Albanian gangster, do you know what I mean? Well, and, like, we've he, all been in a situation knows, that's got a briefcase it... of different types of fucking drugs and goes, do you know what I mean? Or an Albanian, you know, that then go and take that money out of the UK into their own country in a sense of drug. I'm... I'm all for the drug trade, to be quite honest with you. I think if they fucking taxed it, we'd actually be a much wealthier country. You know, literally... But no, we, we, we won't. We'll just keep it really highly illegal. Yeah, because then... all the drugs coming into the UK are, are not, you know, like, yeah, accounted for by drugs. people in high-ranking parts of the government. The UK is an island. Like, yeah. it can't be that difficult to stop the drug flow. Like, I appreciate... People can come in here and there, but the vast majority of it's coming through ports, it's coming through Liverpool, it's coming through Southampton. They're known. It's coming through all these places, and people are looking the other way because and capitalist society. And Sainsbury's got a deal with fucking twenty-four cans of fucking whatever. Well, you can just go and kill yourself tomorrow if you want. Do you know what I mean? But oh well. Yeah, just I just think that if you could harness, life. if you could harness those individuals as quickly as possible and get them into the system and contributing towards the economy, contributing towards society in general, you know. But do, would you not agree with this? Because I remember when I used to take drugs like very, very frequently, not to say that I had a bit of a problem with it, like big problem with it, but like the, the almost more exciting part of getting drugs, just like when you're underage, like mm -hmm. with a fake ID, was getting the drugs because it was really quite criminal what you were doing to get those drugs. Now, I personally think that we would limit the the intake of drugs mm. if it was legalized yeah. because the fun of like getting it and fucking turning up in a mercedes with some guy like blacked out it's... windows and trying to pick up a couple of bags or whatever the fuck you were getting do you know what i mean was much more exciting than actually taking the drug point one well, well, well look what happened in portugal when they legalized all recreational drugs the amount of overdoses significantly dropped and the amount of uh, recreational users dropped and they have seen nothing but positive benefits from legalizing all recreational drugs but the reality is is it may sound like a conspiracy theory but someone's getting their palm greased Somewhere. God, in the UK government. Yeah, yes. of course they um, are. Like, there's no other way. In of fact, there's a lot about are. that, but I'm not going to fucking drop some government names in here in case we get this whole podcast fucking ended. The MI6 comes through the window. Well, my uncle works for them, so God knows what he does. Or just <laughs> drop some, be the one coming through the some window. name but drops. My mum would probably fucking shoot him down. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, I think it should be legalised. I think it should be 
uh, then more of a Legalized normal conversation. You know. Think of the responsibility of all of these venues and events and restaurants and bars and fucking pubs and all of this thing where this stuff happens on a day-to-day basis. People snorting cocaine, people taking pills, people taking MDMA in their premises, do you know what I mean? Mm. Where they are then legally... Uh, obliged, obliged to, to look, look after you, the safety you know. and health of their people coming the public coming into their their spot if we just legalized it then everybody would fucking know just like the two guys yeah but there'd also the be drug, the thing to check your drugs at festivals to check uh, that they weren't pull dodgy. report yeah, yeah that that's a great idea but like yeah. it only really works when they're legal <laughs> some degree Otherwise... yeah, and, it, and the, the quality is always going to be better you're going to make sure that the, the recreational drugs are quality controlled what's in them is what's in them and you're not going to you know think you're doing a line and then blast some fentanyl and die yeah, and this is the thing, and like, how much, how how much is that? I will never forget, and this is not to be proud of, but you know, I I do have a past. But a drug dealer once said to me, like, you need to be very careful, like, and this is the one I was the first ever fucking. Oh, well, then you just know, those... you know, you're in a bad spot when the drug dealer's trying to take you. To... <laughs> yeah, literally. Pot of wisdom but you need to be you. really careful because, like, he used to have my best interests at heart in a very subconscious yeah. fucked way, but he used to say to me, like, you know. I don't because my shit's premium but he was like I know a lot of people in it was well it was in the London group who were like cutting shit with rat poison cutting shit with like creatine was also the thing they used to mix cocaine with because it was like it looked exactly the same which I appreciate because at least I can get my (laughs) five grams the whole thing is, is that all these young individuals, just the same as they can go and down a whole bottle of very strong cider and die, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. It's like you're going, it's very cool to do drugs. It's very cool. It's very fucking cool. Like, and that's never going to yeah, change. especially in the UK. Like, I, oh I God, had never yeah. seen drugs. Nobody did drugs in Zimbabwe. Like, you were ostracized if you smoked a joint, basically. Nobody. There was, I don't even think you could buy cocaine. I did my first ever line when I was 14. That's fucked, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, and that, like, obviously, that's not behaviour that I would entice on a health fitness yeah, podcast. But that's pretty fucked, and it's because of the people I was around, all the people that I wanted to put myself around. Let's yeah. just change the narrative there. It's not, sure. oh, woe is me. I fucking chose to be like that. Mm. And the same. I guess with... in the UK, it, it's such a, it's so readily available. Like, I could get a gram of cocaine quicker than I could. Yeah, 500 grams of creatine, probably. Yeah, probably. Legitimately. Yeah. So, Could probably, like, get it in literally the next half an hour. And it's so it. socially acceptable in London, where, like... Everywhere. It kind of got to the point where, like, people weren't even going into the toilet to do lines. It was like, lines were just there. Then there was the keys. <laughs> lines, the reason why keys, keys like, cards. It's it's really fucked. And, like, I can only... I only speak like this because we're not like this now. But, like, I do think that... It's all There's a time games. and a place for There's it, though. But like place. certain elements of doing cocaine and raving and stuff like that were, were really, really fun. Cocaine's not a raving drug, though. You would probably want to take something like that. Let me just advise no, everyone. Pills. You would probably want to take a pill or an MDMA. But mm. even then, pills. But are still, it's still very like parts of our lives still really entertaining, and fun. Not really with me because I had a bit of a problem. But yeah, like, I guess for, well, for, speaking for myself, there were moments where. But I had you loads started of fun. taking it much later in life, yeah. like when you first came across the UK and like started. Not even the, when I'd been in the UK for like six years. 
because what yeah, I've been it's doing environment was, that dictates that, isn't it? Well, like, I started working in Chelsea and then that went patient. Because of the clients. <laughs> like, and Mark used to be gifted drugs by clients. I'm not joking. Yeah, I used to get given yeah. grams on my birthday. Yeah. Good grams as well. <laughs> no, Mark, that's Good not grams. okay. But this is the kind of thing, like the Trustafarians with whole, walking around with rocks of cocaine from like Ecuador and shit. Do you know what I mean? Just gifting them to their personal trainer. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going to lie. So like, I was, yeah, you know, someone giving you a gram for your birthday I was really like, fuck, <laughs> thank you. Man. Thank it's you. Not. Mark, remember thank we're you. on a podcast right now. You don't Yeah, no, but at that time in my life when, you know, every Friday there was a gram knocking about somewhere. It's called life. Yeah, when you're in your 20s and and you've got minimal responsibilities and you're just trying to find yourself as a person, especially coming from Zimbabwe where, like I said, there's no nightclubs, there's no none of that, everything's so sheltered, and then you get ejected into one of the biggest cities in the world surrounded by so many different people, shapes and sizes, different venues, different bars, different this, different that. I mean, you have, I had a, Tony Montana moment where I thought I was in Scarface. Yeah, fuck don't. Like we don't need to repeat that, do we? But yeah, it was it was, it was a time, time and a place. place like it's exactly for the same. It. It's like time and a place to be morbidly. And obese. you see, and the thing is you see it you see you see recreational drugs literally destroying people around you. And much like with with, uh, with I some elements of my family were alcoholics. Like, when you see that firsthand, you're like, for me personally, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do that. So it's always erring with sensibility of, of you know, being cautious. Like, not just like... I was definitely the first one in my family to fucking play around with the word drug. Let's just say that. There wasn't ibuprofen. Like, I'm not joking. Like, my sister was not that way inclined at all. No. I just have a very... I don't really want to blame I've got an addictive personality because I don't actually think I have an addictive personality. I think it's that's, just I the just, people that you're surrounded by. It's... No, and also myself. Do you know what I mean? You know you've got a problem when you start taking it yourself and you've got nobody around you. That's when the line, the lines really drop. Well, like, it depends. Literally. Like some people, we know clients that used to do lines and then clean their house. I guess that's semi-productive. That's semi-productive. Well, not really, Mark. I don't really think you come that's, home that's, that's normal. normal. That's, your whole house is literally so spotless, fucked. but you're gaining off your face. No, we had clients that used to like feed their like partners like Xanax, like so they'd stop fucking taking oh drugs. Oh my god, yes. That was fucked. Like they used <laughs> yeah, to put make them a cup of like, tea at like yeah. two in the morning just to stop them taking drugs. Oh my god, yeah, I remember that. And they come in eyes wide open in the gym. I'm ready, and I'm like, no, you're fucking not. My insurance does not cover this shit. No, like literally, like you are not no. to do anything. Leave no. the gym. No. Um, <laughs> But this is the reality. I'm sure there's women listening to this right now. I know there's women listening. They're probably going, oh my God, I can't believe they're talking about this. Oh my God, what a taboo subject. It's not taboo. It should be talked about. The more we speak about these things, the more people understand it. They work out whether or not it's something they want to try or not try or never experience. But like Mark said, like if you've seen firsthand what it can do like to certain individuals, whether yeah. that's alcohol or drugs, yeah, you're more likely to never want to do it. It's like my dad's father died of cancer from smoking mm. and my dad has never, mm. ever smoked anything in his whole fucking life because of it. Mm. And so you can imagine when his daughter starts smoking at God knows what fucking age, 
Yeah. And he's just like, can you stop blowing that in my face, you disrespectful little twat? Like, you know, like, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, sorry, I'm on my 20 cigarette because I'm so fucking cool. Like, you mm. know, and my mm. whole family's like, oh, she'll learn. Do you know what I mean? And I did fucking learn. But it was all these things where I just think it should be spoken about because these are things that I'll never forget my godparents in Australia who are not really godparents anymore just due to just them being twats. But the they have a son and look their son was um well he was conceived via a huge like i think it was about six or seven ivf treatments it was something very very hectic which is going to again cement that value of a child so much on when you have the child and this was the only child they had and i just remember like the family the, the dad never wanted him like doing anything like being a teenager being anything you know like anything out of the reins like no alcohol mm. no drugs mm. nothing and what he didn't know is that his son was like literally doing that like gack in a complete gack you know going out smoking joints taking you know taking drugs like when his first lads holiday he got literally beaten up to a pulp in croatia for like fucking around with like drug dealers in a nightclub you know what i mean and uh, i'm sorry but like i would rather my child Mm. have an understanding as to what they are Mm. going to experience in their life because it is going to be experienced in this day. Well, you can, you can literally pass down, yeah, you can pass down valuable information because for some children, you know, you can't shelter them from this, whether it's yes, up until the, the age of 18, but what happens when they go to uni? Do you know what Even I mean? Even at school, Mark. And all those kids school, that were, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. All those kids that were, you know, held under the thumb when they were at school have turned into creatures when yeah. they when they get half a, you know, half a mile away from home yeah. and they've got no parental supervision. They go absolutely bananas. Yeah. And they fail their uni degrees and they just end up wasting them. And then you're like, well... Better to, I know it's not, I'm not promoting children, you know, doing drugs at a young age, but I'd rather, you know, you get it, try it, get it out your system by the time you're in your 20s and then just be there, done that, got the t-shirt type scenario. You just like need to be in a position where then you can like prime your actually rest of your life without being a complete crackhead, to be quite honest with you. But, you know, it's still something that I listen to in the gym that we go to, like, the old boys, not the old boys. Oh, the Probably Porsche like boys. The Porsche boys. Literally, yeah. we call them Porsche boys because they actually all drive yeah, they Porsches. they all drive Porsches. Um, <laughs> and they all have this group and it's like, oh yeah, the miss is going away. I've got this rock of cocaine. Do you want to see it? Zooms in, do you know what I mean? The phone and then whilst doing an amist of like an amateur golf swing in the middle of the gym. Do you yeah, know what I mean? in between and, the sets of Preacher Call. Yeah, between the Preacher and a couple of pull-ups. And it's, oh yeah, we're going to take this and oh yeah, should we get the sets out? The DJ fucking thing you know we can come round mine i'm like jesus how old are you honestly but it's that i'd rather both me and mark be on the same page with it do you know what i mean then have like one of us that's like a secret like like a secret rager rager, like literally and the other the wife doesn't know and the minute the wife goes away the husband goes and rages like i'd know exactly what mark would be doing if i was away probably just sat watching lord of the rings or something (laughs) (laughs) or harry potter with the dogs that's literally i and and if he was to go out and do something i'd probably much know exactly what he would be doing vaguely you know and i think that kind of element in relationships very key rather than yeah. being the sort of like oh yeah whilst yeah. my husband's away i'm just gonna get up to no fucking good or vice mm. versa mm. um but no i just 
Interesting topic for debate today. I've kind of gone around in a few seconds. Yeah, I think they should legalize it. I think they should legalize all recreational drugs. You should be able to, you know, have to apply for it and do all, get a card and da 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 and all that kind of nonsense. Have your details they, taken, like, yeah, in the literally. Sense of, like verification. Yeah, everything. And the, the thing is, they would, the government would be able to generate ungodly amounts of tax money that could then be utilized utilized better within you know the economy by you know social housing or you know after school clubs education social care infrastructure you know there is so many things that are currently so underfunded within the within the economy that could be done with getting a boost and imagine imagine the uk in summer like amsterdam style where you had like coffee shop but pubs turned into like pubs and coffee shops no, you don't and to how i think it's the whole thing of explore like the thing is though like what our thoughts are on alcohol is that like i don't i just don't understand why alcohol is so sociable but yeah somebody can walk into a room and go oh, oh, i fucking drank seven bottles of wine last night but if you went in and said oh i've smoked a joint or i've had a fucking magic mushroom or I've I don't know had I've oh, or they waltz in and they go oh I've taken four grams of cocaine you'll be like are you okay mate I think we send you to the primary yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean like yeah. I think you're okay but yet when somebody walks in nine bottles of wine down oh, you do you know what I mean oh yeah you oh, fucking I legend I was so smashed yeah, last like, night I was like yeah I had to be like put to bed and like fed do you know what I mean but yet when you're raging on it's like, embarrassing it is like, it's fucking embarrassing, it's like, embarrassing. Like, do you want a bib do you know what I mean because you're not yeah. going to get a medal I find nothing more cringy than when people are like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm just hanging I'm so just fucking much. hanging out of my ass. Like, I'm just that's very. That's also in. a very London, you know, West London. It's like, please don't say. talk to me. I'm just hanging out of my ass. Like, I just had like a real big one last night. It's like, like oh, okay, well, you're a functioning addict. Well done. Yeah, like, literally. And then it's rewarded at work. Oh, let's all go for drinks. Do you know what I mean? Like, literally. Oh, should we all go and do a line of cocaine in the bathroom? Maybe we'll actually be productive in our jobs. If not, we'll turn up tomorrow hanging. Do you know what I mean? They're so you're scatty. Scatty as fuck. But yeah, I mean, look, there's no benefit to any of this shit, but it's how it should be utilised in a be a certain benefit be for certain things. Like, go, oh my God, you are so wrong. Well, fucking don't listen to Are us. we? Are no, we wrong? Are we to... wrong? Because whatever you, you're representing the UK government, you're doing a stellar job currently. <laughs> well done. Well Do you done. know what I mean? You're, you're doing a really You're a bunch job. of liars. You're a bunch of n- nepotistic individuals that are out for your own personal good. Yes. And that lie to the general population with a straight face consistently over and over again. And we meant to tell you meant to tell us how to run our lives. I don't think so. Okay, Mark, you're not I don't legal, think so. Do I mean? But like I think it is the thing of like who's telling you what and I just think it's more about availability of finance. Like, well when they so went to debt. White we went to Downing Street and, and Whitehall and they swabbed all the toilets and all of them had cocaine in it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Boris was partying into the middle of the night with oh, all of his leprechauns. All of them, yeah. None of those dudes were else. were on the bag, were they? No, of course they were. Come on. No, it's not. It's not that. It's just the fact that, like, you know, I think it would limit the amount of people that do take drugs, though, because if you had a verification process, some people just wouldn't want their name against something like that. Sure. And so it might just stop them doing it. Like, yeah. there's so many people where like would not 
speak about the subject at all and it's all very shush shush and then I reckon if you had to put your passport against it you'd be like oh dear no I I get that I get that so it would actually limit the and I think there's always going to be an illegal sense to it there's always an illegal sense to anything it's called a side hustle and it's a very good one yeah but if you could if you could literally legalize it and have enough you know supply and demand for your local but think about all the people and the pain and the suffering further down the chain when the drugs are getting cooked in Colombia and the Mexican cartels are chopping people's heads Go to or, London into a fucking estate where they're all like, shot up for literally yeah, drug trade. Yeah, you know? so many... And then you want, to, you want to launch a YMCA centre to hope they all clap together. Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck's yeah, sake, so wake weird. up. Like, it is one of those but things... But there's like, so many... There's so much pain and suffering that could be negated by the government just realising that... And I'm so against people that are convicted on drug uh, cases. Potentially you've been brought up in that environment at age fucking 12, you see somebody be shot and it's like your brother on an estate who has been dealing drugs and hasn't paid the money for something. You're now in that environment. You're now going to be mm. exactly like that. Mm. And then you go and get put in prison, do you know what I mean? You come out, you're actually an educated, you're an intelligent individual, do you know what I mean? You should have a second chance. I'm really sorry, but we shouldn't... Do you know, when you go down, you go and fucking... Anybody goes and supplies a bunch of Smirnoff Ices to children. Do you know what I mean? Do you think they're thrown in fucking jail? But no. yeah, when it comes to all of these people never have a second chance at all. It's exactly mm. the same in America. Like, mm. it's it's these things where I'm really against it. People should have second chances and you should actually understand the background they're brought up into. From the day that they are born into a family like, like that and where they see their brothers and their mm. siblings and their sons, that's the only pathway they know. And it's the only pathway that they're dictated from, from such a young age. And then you go throw them in prison, they come out and then you're not allowed a second chance. But I think I mean? it's by design though, because all the prisons are private corporations mm. and they need people in beds. So, I know, but why don't you just stop fucking around with all the people that just molest children the whole bloody time? Or, I or really girls. Do. Or, I just think that. Or know. fucking like the churches that like wank off boys in like some behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, let's just fucking laugh it off. Do you know what I mean? Same as Rolf Harris, who managed to run mm. his whole life without. Mm. whilst he was sticking fucking fingers everywhere. Do you know what I mean? I just. It, you know what I mean? And then you're going to shove somebody in jail at age 16 to a juvenile yeah, centre, speak to them weed. like a piece of shit because they've got a bag, bag of weed on them and they were supplied. You know what I mean? Like, mm. come on. Yeah. And then you'll launch a YMCA centre with a ping pong table and hope that these people are going to be fucking enticed into yeah. a better life, earning money with ping pong. Do you know what I mean? Fuck's sake. Like, honestly, it's like, on a, it's it were too outdated here. We're just too outdated and we need to come to terms of what it is and why the crime is so high to where it is. No. Because yeah, cost then, of living is that abominable. Woman, the, that, How are you making uh, money repeatedly? That, Drugs. That weird woman wanted a, uh, to change the classification of marijuana from oh, a class B to a class A. Yeah, what is wrong with you? You clearly need to smoke a joint. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Chill the fuck out, you weirdo. But like, uh, but this know. is the thing: is like all the people that do go and end up working in the governments and stuff like that. It's not coming from a self, uh, you know. Let me help my community. Let me help society. It's it's self-grandizing, mm. narcissistic. Like, how am I gonna, you know, how am I gonna get a leg up? And yeah. how am I going to help my mates who, with all these private government contracts and all that other stuff? 
with taxpayers' money. And they actually pretend to know what it's actually like. Because I don't know what it's like to live on an estate, being brought up where people are being shot and stabbed around you and the drug trade is so high. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know what that's like, but I can definitely fucking try and learn to see, like, what it, well, I can see what it does to people. And yet people are just so oblivious to it. They think that honestly, like... Yeah, but you can't expect is... somebody that is from an, the Oxbridge... Uh, you know, who are busy fucking railing the lines up. Yeah, those are the people that are railing. Wagwan, man, Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> hello, mate, in your Mercedes Benz. Are you, yeah. dri- are you driving the fucking wagon? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, let me just pick up, hello, mate, can I have a gram? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, like, they, but they, they'll never know what it's like to not be able to pay rent or to struggle with bills and so on and so forth. And they just, they'll never understand what it's like to live in a council estate. Clearly. And have zero options apart from, you know, trapping. Yeah, and you know what? Also, is they're clearly oblivious to to understand that, like, when people don't have much chance in life and that environment is like that, they see how much money can be made by that versus potentially another job or whatever that is potentially Mm. at their level because they're put down at levels, aren't they? Like, you know, and so when you're making shit tons of money as drug dealers, and I can tell you this now, if you're a good drug dealer, you're making a lot of money. And yeah, I'm not saying that it's great. I mean that you're taking in money illegally, but what I am saying is, when you start seeing that fucking return, try and end that. Try, I mean, yeah, you try can't. and get out you of can, it. You, you can't. Can, you either die or you get locked up. And yeah. that's how you get out of the game. And But, like, I just, like, I can't, just can't believe that some people are literally thrown in jail for years for, like, holding some marijuana. They, yeah, they don't, like... But yet, like, Sainsbury's is legally allowed to sell, like, fucking... Or a corner shop, the boss man who sells you a bottle of, uh, oh. you know, a bottle of vodka when you're 15 Did years you, old. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Exactly. And then you go around the corner, you drink that, you choke on your own vomit, and you die. Oh, yeah. And nobody bats an eyelid. Yeah, th- let's not blame the vodka, shall we? We won't blame the fucking no. alcohol companies or the people that are selling it to you. But it's exactly no. the same. It's like when drug dealers instead, we're, they're just forced to have to do it illegally, you know? And I always say this, some of the most criminal people in this world, and I'm not talking paedophilia and murdering, I'm not talking mm. about that and the gross elements of that, but in a sense of crime, and I'm talking... Fraud, fraud extortion... Scamming, mm. um, drug trade, uh, hacking. You are fucking intelligent. I'm sorry. And I think it should, I think you, people should look at that and go, fuck, we should utilize these people more mm. because they actually are so many steps ahead of us that sure. we don't even know what they're thinking next, you mm. know? Mm. And instead, it's like, you know what? You're dumb individuals, you're uneducated. God forbid you should set, you know, and actually, it's a fucking hustle. At yeah, I would imagine, working. like, if you're a really high, not a high-level drug dealer, but a rel- relatively high, you've got, you know, you need to utilize so many skills from financial, being financially savvy to oh controlling God, yeah. your, you know, being an HR manager, controlling your workforce, you know, dealing with customer relations, dealing with a whole bunch of things. And also just knowing, like, how to, to hide shit. Like... If you ever, like, listen to people that have like, been, been, like, I don't know, like, banged up in jail for, like, a period of time for doing this, and they come out and they do, like, I don't know, talks on, like, how it is mm. and, like, why they got... It's so intelligent how they got there. Like, literally. Forget the people doing academics in, like, mm. Oxbridge and just pretending to, like, be a professor of some degree. Now, I'm not belittling that, but the brains you need to fuck somebody over... <laughs> 
is intelligent brains. Yeah, you need to be to, steps ahead. If you were in the 80s or the 90s, like scamming people via like phone calls or like through banking systems or check systems or whatever like that, you were really, really quite smart. <laughs> like literally. And I know it might, you might be listening to some like, oh, my grandma got scammed and she's lost all her house. And like, you'd be like, you're so insensitive. I do get it. My grandma gets called all the time. My mum mm. and dad got a call like, which was yeah, like a yeah, proper. They literally like, almost handed over their entire bank account. Literally. Um, so it's not like I'm um, saying that it's, it's, it, it's an insensitive comment, but it is. You should never belittle how intelligent these people actually are. Yeah. They're not. It's just also some people don't choose they don't choose the life they're in. Sometimes they're put in the life they are, and I just think that everybody should have a second opportunity. Like if I ever ran like a business where I could employ like mm. people to help, and that wasn't like a coaching business in a weird mm. way, mm. I would a hundred percent give um, like a second like offend, offend not fucking children fiddlers like or like if I would say people that have done pretty much no wrong. I always say yeah. I would give them a second chance because I think they should. Well, look at um, Frank. He was in jail for almost oh, yeah. a decade for being a v- incredibly, probably one of the highest Colombian cartel members in London. Went to jail for nine years, came out, got himself straight, got himself some qualifications and is now, now, now about to open up a whole bunch of uh, franchises in London, above board, got a family, Got yeah. a, you know, he's he and he's such his, a nice guy as well. And like you know, it's you know, all these things. I don't really judge people based off of that. Literally, fucking. from like ordering people to get their heads chopped off to franchising and making good money. So, yeah. not to say that that's right or wrong, and you know, but you're put into the situation. Like yeah. Once you've done it once in drug trade, like they normally say that it, mm. that's the. It's the power. That's, that's the literally your I used to ask him so many questions because I'm just curious and curious individuals. And I would say to him, like, what's the one thing that you miss about running the Colombian cartel in London? And he said, not so much the power and buying things and the women and so on and so forth. It's just the just the power, you know, the being able the authority to like people know you people, people are, scared are kind of scared of you, of you yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. people are really i remember our boss at the time because frank was my manager the boss our boss threatened frank like physically and we like squared up to him and was like Ugh. and frank was like mate one phone call and you'll be <laughs> going <laughs> one phone one phone call and you're uh, not only you your whole family will be dead yeah, and that, that's so And much. he said to the guy, even your grandmother, we'll, we'll dig your grandmother up, we'll shoot her, and then we'll, we'll put her back in the grave. It's so fucked, though. That, that's on another level, like, where, like, there yeah, is no emotion, there's no empathy, there's no emotion towards it. It's just, like... It's hard to wrap your... Yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around it, but it is... None of that TV really show scary. shit's made up, let's just say that. Do you know what I mean? It's all factually fucking correct. And yeah, I think, it you is. know... It's really scary when It you is think really about scary. That. And I know people will listen to this, you're going to have different fucking opinions to us, and good for you. But the reality is, is we are speaking from quite young-minded heads here, like in the sense of we're not middle-aged just yet. <laughs> but, you know, and I just think it's something that needs to be spoken about more. We all do it. We all have done it. Like, mm. And if you haven't, then... 
you're probably drinking alcohol. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, don't judge. Like, don't sorry, don't don't get on your high horse don't and judge people horse, do you know when I mean? you sit because in there and you're knocking back a couple of bottles of wine a week. Because I, I, I hope got, you enjoy your Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, you've got no room to even judge Gosh, when you're yeah. just sucking on that carcinogenic, which is giving you cancer. So yeah, so, don't judge. Look, don't I'm not judge. saying cocaine doesn't have a load of fucking problems. No, I'm not saying, but like, it. let's not let's not get on our high horses and look down at people who do recreational drugs when you consume alcohol on a consistent basis. Which is a recreational drug. Um, which is a recreational anyway, drug. Anyway, look, it might just be a more sociable one. And has contributed to more deaths and yep. domestic abuse and then all of the Violence, recreational yep. drugs put together. Exactly. So, so there we've got it. Before you judge others, judge yourself. Mm, <laughs> what a positive fucking end. But go. that was a good that was a good chat though, because I feel like I just wanna make sure that you know, our opinions are opinions, but I, they're never going to change because they're my opinion. Do you know what I mean? It's well, opinions do change if you change your mind, you know, and different... I've never changed my mind. I've always just thought that seeing as I've been a product of my environment on numerous times, that it might as well just talk about it. Yeah. You know, exactly yeah. that. Okay. So anyway, life isn't easy. Get no. over the hurdles. Understand no. you're always going to be faced with them. Embrace and the suck. Embrace sucking dick. And <laughs> <laughs> embrace it guys we'll embrace be back it. soon speak to you soon bye